Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. This week, GeForce takes a big hit. The PlayStation 5 is super expensive. E3 Anthem, and we also have some news about the warlords of New York. But first, I am Manny G once again. And with me, as always, is RGB Andy. What's up, Oh, buddy? yeah. All right. That's my new. That's my new. <laughs> PC Andy, man. Hey, uh, just real quick. <laughs> that intro dude you you kind of like s- slipped up there and it almost sounded like you got clotheslined mid so you were like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well i'm gonna was, edit it and fix it no one's gonna know about it but now everybody's gonna know <laughs> oh come on now but i totally baffled the intro yes that's right yeah i I'm do that more often you slide on than that. i like to admit <laughs> it happens hey dude you. uh so I set up my PC that you sent me. Dude, I have got to tell you how grateful I am that uh, you bothered to do such a, a nice thing, man. I uh, I uh, I very much appreciate it, Manny. Um, oh, And no I intend problem. to uh, use it to its fullest uh, capacity if I can. I really uh, doubt that I'll be a mouse and keyboard player anytime <laughs> soon. Um but, uh, but yeah, dude, I downloaded a few games. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have the keyboard and the uh, mouse when it came in. So I went out uh, today was my full day off. So I went out and, uh, uh, got the stuff that you recommended and uh, yeah. started, started tinkering is what I'll call it. Oh, and, yes. uh, I, I, so I downloaded a few games. I downloaded mo- all free games, by the way, cause I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, so I've downloaded destiny. I downloaded, yeah. uh, I downloaded Greece, which we've already discussed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I downloaded uh, one more. Oh, Age, uh, Ages of Empire. Uh, oh. The Deluxe Edition. Because I love that game. Yeah. Dude, I could not figure out the key, bo- the key binds for any of those games but Greece. Because, <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like the simplest game ever. There's like three buttons that you push sure. on that game. But, uh uh, Perfect. And then I totally got sucked into it again, dude. I was just telling you, man, I was, I started to play and I was like getting all emotional, you know, I was like, oh, it's <laughs> so sad. And then, and then I'll get angry at myself because I'm so emotional. I'm like, you're a man. Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> you have kids watching you, Andy. Get yes, a hold of right. your emotions. That's right. Dude, so, that's uh, great. So, so it yeah. arrived in one piece. It did. And, man. and it and looks it beautiful, bro. Yes. It, it looks the... On my 4K monitor, uh, it looks amazing. To me, it looks amazing. I, for you, for whatever reason, it wasn't doing the job anymore. But I think, <laughs> I think it's a like the picture is gorgeous, dude. Like, I mean, I'm blown away. I'm like, man, look at this Destiny. Look at this game on this computer. And I don't even know that I'm using the right port for the 4K. I don't know that it matters. It's it's the it's the actual. Uh, the computer HDMI, right? So it's got like that one, like a uh, squared off angled edge on one yeah, side. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a DVI cable and I, yes. I gave you the cable. 
You did. So if you're using you the cable in the box, then it'll yeah. give you uh, 60 hertz on that monitor you have. So if you use the regular HDMI, it'll only do 30 hertz. Yeah. No, it's it's so incredible. Incredible, bro. I, I was uh, blown away. So um, anyway, thank you. Thank you. We're going to get into some a Wolfson. Yeah, Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. I yes. we don't know. It's the European uh, pronunciation, by the way. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, dude. We, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that, and we will report back to the masses. Yes. Oh yeah, man. Um. Yeah. That that game, Wilson, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. out. It's out on Steam. Yeah. It is. Uh, the servers are on fire. They have like yeah. sixty-two thousand concurrent players, yeah. or something like that. And that. their servers melted. So. I saw that, dude. I saw that they're having some trouble. But that, hey, dude, it gives us time to let the servers settle down, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're. I'm sure they're both peeing their pants and spraying each other with champagne at the same time. <laughs> Let's because, hope they don't mix those two up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is a horrible. Oh accident. no, that's not the champagne. Don't cross the streams. That's right. Um, yeah, because it's a huge success for an indie. Uh, they they started mm-hmm. off with like 17 people. This has been yeah. going for like five years or something like that. They're yeah. up to like 40 or whatever. Uh, Skill Up gave them a really great review, really honest, yes. and kind of laid out all the issues with the game, which mm-hmm. which is completely fair. And um, they're off. I think they're off to a great start. Now, if they can yeah. just figure out a way for uh, uh, like to squash, they had like this really bad bug. To where your your uh, progress wouldn't be saved, and like oh, people no. are like level like almost level thirty, oh, and then they log back in and they're that. back to level one, <laughs> and all their progress was gone, dude. Yeah. Oh no. So, <laughs> oh, no. That's really, yes, that's a that's a bad bug. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You don't want that in your game. No. But but um yeah, looks great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good well, times. Can't wait for them to fix that. <laughs> Apparently it's fixed. There is uh they released a patch that fixed it right away. Okay, but okay. there's all kinds of other weird stuff like uh, people's stash being emptied all of a sudden. So. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, that those are the kind of bugs you don't want. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather be falling through the world for an hour than uh losing all my stuff. But it's it's early. The game's pretty early. Nobody's really in yeah. end game yet. Um, so well, and those are and those are super annoying bugs, bro. Even when they don't yeah. affect you, like for instance, tangent. Uh, you know, yeah. Bungie was having those issues here in the last like two resets, right? Where oh, really? people were, yeah, they were losing inventory items. Uh, specifically, like um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, their uh, their virtual Essence? coins. Yeah. Oh the, wow. The, the, they're shards or they're this, uh-huh. they're that, they're the other. And yeah. uh, Bungie, like, I wouldn't, I don't know that they freaked out, but they like, they they took the servers offline, fixed the issue. But this is the annoying part. They rolled back the accounts to that reset. Oh, so dude, that's exactly what Wilson is doing. They, so had, that's, they took them offline and they had a rollback. Yeah, so that's super annoying because I yeah. got bit by that. I got bit by that because I so this last reset I logged in and I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for these uh, 
some god roll guns, there's a really easy way to farm them right now. Legit, not uh, not. <laughs> well, you, no you don't have to manipulate the network. No, okay, no good. shenanigans. <laughs> so I did, and maybe it's karma, right? Maybe it's karma paying uh, me back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, found um, you finally. Yeah. So I I got me some sweet guns, dude. I was like, oh yes, I was really excited about the guns that I had. Yeah. Shut it down. Went to work. Red, I was like, oh, there's problems with the servers. They took them offline. Well, thank God I got my stuff done, right? Wrong. Oh, yeah. Roll oh, back. Man. <laughs> I was no. so pissed. Well, and then I went, so I tried to do it again. 40 minutes of my life that I'm not ever going to get back. Yeah. And in the second time around, I didn't get any of the good stuff that I had. No. I was like, oh, that's the worst. So anyway, point being, huh. super annoying, even if the inventory bug doesn't bite you, you know? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Good times, man. Well, hey, buddy, yes. we've got we've got a podcast. You ready? We got a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's let's jump right in. Uh, the first story. Ooh, uh, GeForce NVIDIA. They take a huge hit because after their full release, which we talked about last week, Activision Blizzard says, hey, GeForce uh, NVIDIA, can you take all of our titles off of your service? No, thanks. Uh, peace out. We're gone. We're gonna we're gonna need all our games back. Next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Boy. Ready, Manny? Let's go, man. What is going on, buddy? From The Verge, Oof. Nvidia's GeForce Now feels like one of the very best ways to get a free taste of cloud gaming, but it's got a gigantic catch. It lets you play PC games you already own only if the game publisher allows it. Today, NVIDIA is revealing that Activision Blizzard is no longer playing ball, pulling down its catalog of games, including Overwatch, WoW, and the Call of Duty series. That means one of the service's biggest publishers, as well as its Battle.net catalog of games, will no longer be available just a week after the service's formal launch. A launch that was already missing many games from Capcom, EA, Konami, uh, Konami, uh, Remedy, Rockstar, and Square uh, Enix, all of which seemed to have pulled out after NVIDIA's beta beta period ended. So, there you go, bro. All well, these big crazy. players. Yeah, all these big and they're they're not small developer or uh publishers, man. They're yeah, they're huge. Lots of good titles in there, man. Yeah, that's it's nuts. It sucks. So what what this whole GeForce thing is, it's basically you renting or using for free that because I have that free thing too. Um mm-hmm. like it's it's a virtual box, basically. Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm. signing in, logging in from your device to a much more powerful machine that you get to use now full on like RTX 2080 TI ray tracing, like all the, all of NVIDIA's best technology is available there when you log in and use their service, which is great. That means you don't have to buy all this stuff. Even if you have like a weaker PC, you could still use it with your PC mm-hmm. to have a much better experience uh, theoretically, right? Cause it all goes through the internet. Mm-hmm. But whenever these big companies don't want to play ball, the surface is kind of dead in the water, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're getting this yeah. thing to play Overwatch, you can't play Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, snap. It's like Netflix with only Hallmark Channel shows on it. Oh, man. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, thank you. And a Hallmark right, exactly. original. Yes. That's right. Yeah. 
Oh, the man, saddest, the saddest streaming service on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that kind of stinks, and that's true. There are some noteworthy publishers that just aren't available. Rockstar, mm-hmm. EA, Square Enix, like those are those are huge, huge uh, libraries of games that you just can't access through uh, through a uh, GeForce Now, which is kind of yeah. crazy because. It's like, well, if you own the game already, what do they care about you accessing it through um, through like some kind of remote system? Yeah. You know, and I guess it's because, well, Nvidia is charging money for the service, and it's like, well, if they're charging money, maybe there's a way for us to make money. So let's just not let them do that. Yeah, well, when we were talking about it earlier, right? It's 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 the uh, it's uncharted territory, right? Even it with is. you know the streaming services that we have available through music and um, television, uh, it's still getting kind of figured out, right? Like you know that we talked about, you know, for instance, you know, TV pro- TV programming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the cable, you know, the cable wars all over again. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, companies, networks trying to figure out how to put programming uh, on these different through these different mediums, right? This these different services and, and making money off of it. Right. And in the yeah. end, it just I feel like we're the ones that lose because, um, you know, we have an idea of what hopefully we get right. The Netflix of gaming uh, or whatever, yeah. but that's that's not, you know. After a while, you just realize, like, oh no, this is not at all how that's going to play out. I'm going to have to subscribe to six different services in order to play my library of games, you know. Yeah. Um, so that and that doesn't. I don't think that that's a future that any of us want. But we don't. We don't know, right? We're at the yeah. mercy of of these companies, you know, trying to figure that out for us. Yeah, and it's crazy because they're completely motivated by maximum profit. Like they have to mm-hmm. make the most amount of money. And yes. you, so it's like, okay, fine. You guys need to make lots and lots of money. I get it. But at some point, it always comes to like the sacrifice of their customers. Somehow we're, we're inconvenienced one way or another. And it it's pretty rare nowadays to have a, a company, especially a publisher, that really has the gamer's interest in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the only people that are doing that are the people who are behind for the most part. Like, like look at Xbox right now. They're working really hard to be really gamer focused, um, mm-hmm. but, but they're playing catch up. Right. So it's yeah. like, and, and we know when they were ahead, it wasn't that way. So mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. There's, you know, there are a lot of publishers out there that are for us, you know, but, by and large, these people need to make a lot of cash and they are trying their best to figure out ways to make the most cash. Mm-hmm. So it seems like for Activision Blizzard, playing ball with NVIDIA is not the right way. Yeah, right. So yeah. that that stinks, Blizzard, you jerk. You big jerks. You, you big jerks taking your ball and going home. But yeah. Andy, this mm-hmm. next story may be giving us a little insight as to why that's happening. Yeah, there you go. You ready for this? Let's do it, man. Take us through this. Oh, all right. So, little story we got here from uh, uh, Charlie Charlie Intel. 
Oh. Uh, the eSports Observer, citing sources familiar with the negotiations and contracts, states that the the YouTube deal with Activision Blizzard to have Overwatch League, Call of Duty League, Hearthstone, Hearthstone uh, eSports be exclusively streamed on YouTube is valued at $160 million for th- uh, $160 million for, th- for a three-year deal. Activision Blizzard announced prior to the start of the Call of Duty League that YouTube would be the exclusive streaming partner for the stream. The Esports Observer reports that the OWL, Overwatch League, was the majority value of the deal and the Call of Duty League was lesser with Hearthstone behind it. The report states that Overwatch League was worth a significant amount of uh, with Call of Duty League not f- that far behind, Esports Observer claims Activision Blizzard threw in Hearthstone Esports as part of this deal. <laughs> Poor <laughs> <It's> Hearthstone. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> we'll give you these two, and we'll give you that one for free if you take it <laughs> as a package deal. <laughs> it's a package, yeah, you got to take all of it. That's right. The site states that the deal was a significant advantage for teams and league as it has money incentives for reaching certain targets, something which the original Overwatch League uh, X uh, Twitch deal did not. That was valued at $90 million. Wow, so that's a huge jump for them. Mm. The targets include ad sales and viewership numbers. The deal was a partnership between Google and Activision Blizzard and also includes Google Cloud as the server provider. Uh, there it is, mm. man. There it is for Activision Blizzard games. So there you go, Manny. Google. Wow. Do do you smell a stadia in the room? Do I, <laughs> is that me or did somebody step on some stadia? Because this place stinks. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh my god. Dude. No, I mean I'm I. It's it's fun to poo poo on stadia because yeah. they uh, they have a terrible uh, approach. Yeah. But it can be a great service once you know down the road i think i I don't especially if you throw money at it i guess right (laughs) yeah exactly well with partners like activision blizzard things Mm. can be spicing up for stadia they may be at a point where they're like okay it's time to pump even more money into this thing to make it go yeah because uh like we learned last week phil spencer was talking about how google is huge competition for them in the future because there are billions of people out there who will never play on a console, but will be able to one day through the power of the internet play uh, play through streaming yeah. because it'll be so much more cost effective for them. Mm-hmm. That That's going to happen, right? So yeah. Google sees it. They understand this and they are, uh, they're, they're, I think, I really think that Google's going to stick with this for a good while. I don't mm-hmm. think they're just going to dump it because the potential for profit is really, really huge. Yeah, my my problem with this, and I know that the story here, you know, of course, we're, we're focused on that last little bit. But the story is how much the deal costs for them to get these uh, esports leagues, right? Um, yeah. But my problem with uh, Stadia as a service compared to something like uh, the Nvidia service is that the like I have to buy the games. Like Stadia isn't isn't really a streaming service, right? It's not no. a cloud service. It's a it's almost like a cloud console. I have to buy the games for that de- device, quote unquote, so that I can stream it 
on all these other places, right? And that's the kind of like, no, 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 that's not quite what we want. You know, we like NVIDIA's <laughs> service better. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's definitely just a, a different take for sure. Yeah. If if Google would was able to look at NVIDIA's, uh, what they're doing with the GeForce Now, and if they kind of did the same thing to where you can access things you already own through their yes. service... Yeah. First of all, that's going to cut into their profit for the yeah. whole business module model of what Steady is. But if they went ahead and did something like that, then I think they would be pretty golden. Um, but be, they, how much, they, how many subscriptions would they get like right away? Oh, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> especially yeah, if they exactly. had a free tier where mm -hmm. people can access stuff for at least an hour at a time or whatever. Yeah, but it's 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 pretty crazy. I I think. I don't know. I, I think this is going to go on for a long time. I don't think we're going to have a clear winner or a clear uh, strategy from anyone for a while. The only thing that looks super promising is, is xCloud. And since we're talking about xCloud, they mm -hmm. decided to go ahead and start trials on the iOS on iOS devices uh, earlier this week. So you could actually go to their website oh, yeah, on Xbox. That. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can sign up right mm -hmm. now, and the way it works with Apple is that it's a different type of testing program. It works differently than, and than Android. So they could only allow 10,000 people at a time. So you sign up, and if you mm -hmm. get in, you're in. But it's you're not permanently in. At a certain point, you get kicked out to make room for other people. So the yes. only game that's up there right now is, is Master Chief Collection. I signed up for it. I got an email like an hour later that said that I'm in. So I just, I haven't tried it yet. But um, Oh, Manny. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll report back and, and we'll, we'll see what's up with that. But yeah, so if you're interested in that, go ahead and sign up. If you've been waiting with your iOS device, go for it. But to the, the, the idea here that people are, are saying is that um, if it's being tested on on iOS now, then there's a good likelihood that launch isn't too far around the corner. So I, I'm interested to see what the business model is going to be. I don't oh, think yeah. it's going to be free, right? They can't just, they're not going to just give away everything for free. Man, I don't so, know. I don't know. I'm hoping that it's part of the, uh, the, uh, game pass ultimate, a game pass ultimate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be super good. Yeah. But I don't know how expensive this whole technology thing is to develop. They have years of, of R&D invested, lots of money. So who knows what they're, they're going to say. But, but definitely their future is in their services and not necessarily in their hardware, although it's their hardware in the, in the, in the sky, right, in the clouds. Yes, right. So I don't know. This, this is crazy, but yeah, I think we kind of uh, jumped off the story here a little bit, but um, just, just to kind of go back to the whole Google Activision thing, Andy, do you think this is going to happen, like that you're going to be able to go and get play your Activision games on Stadia? Do you think this is a thing, a part of the deal, or is this, um, is this I don't know, something separate? Man, I, I honestly... I don't know, right? The way the story reads, uh, it really does sound like, you know, they, 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 there was a lot of back and forth that happened in there. That's a lot of money, first of all, right? $160 million. Yeah. Um, and so what, 
like what the value of of having uh, Overwatch and Call of Duty and Hearthstone um, for three years mm-hmm. is, you yeah. know, and if 160 million is is a good investment for that, uh, or as an added sort of uh, you know uh, incentive, uh, Activision says, hey, and we'll give you exclusivity for our games on your uh, uh, cloud uh, mm-hmm. service or cloud server, right? Yeah. Um, that might sweeten the deal, right? That might be like, oh, sweet. So that helps us with this other project that we have because Google is enormous, right? Like they have so yes. many <clears throat> things going at once. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all, dude. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the case in, in you know, with this deal. So, yeah. And what that means for NVIDIA, right? With who was already... <clears throat> coming in uh you know with so many and it seems like you know it's such a oh man it's such a terrible situation right because it seems like during their beta everything was fine but um but once they launched formally all of these uh publishers just like yanked their games from the service which doesn't seem cool right yeah yeah so i don't know it's it's kind of um it's a weird situation for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that I can see, though, is that Google decides to kind of uh, diversify their their strategy here mm-hmm. by offering the whole like Stadia technology and renting that out to, say, Activision. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily making it a part of Stadia, but saying, hey, we can host all of your games uh, for a certain fee, and then you provide that service or you offer that service to your customers and you say you can play all of you know Battle.net in the sky on on your phone and it runs through google's cloud service that's a way where google can stay mm. in the game and make money from all of this technology and this big investment that they've already made and it just won't have that stadia tag on it who knows maybe maybe that'll be a thing so who knows? There there may be a future yeah, where yeah. we have like EA, uh, Konami, Rockstar, all under this Google Cloud service being offered by by their own yeah. separate publishers. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. this is getting this is getting crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, hmm. dude, Andy, Almost. something else that's crazy is how expensive it is going to be to make a PlayStation Five. The production cost is being estimated at four hundred and fifty dollars per unit. What? What? That's crazy, dude. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's yeah. Because uh, this... how much is how much is the uh, how much is the uh, uh, Series X? We don't know. No, oh, we no, don't know. Not. They haven't told us yet. Uh, and no, the one X, the one X, I'm sorry. Oh, the one X, the one X. Yes. Well, it is, it started off as four ninety nine, but you can buy it today for three fifty with Jedi fallen order. That's like available right now. Still. Yeah. Like that was going down during Christmas. It's still available now. So yeah, it's so, so the prices definitely have dropped and they'd stay, they have stayed low for that device for sure. But this is from games industry dot biz they tell us actually let's see speaking with bloomberg so they're quoting bloomberg here so we probably should just went to bloomberg it says uh people at sony with knowledge of the matter say that the cost of high-end components especially around heat uh 
uh, dissipation have driven up production cost. So a, a part of the issue here with the high price of the PS5, and this is an estimate from people in the know, $450 just for the parts. Uh, things are just going up, especially when it comes to like like RAM and, and your memory and all that stuff. That stuff is in super high demand for the for for phones, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Phones, it's a huge market. They're using the same parts and they're using the fastest high-end parts as well. So it's a highly competitive. There's not enough supply in the world to go around. So as as we know, when the supply is low, prices shoot up. So so they're they're basically telling us they don't know what the price of the PlayStation 5 will be. They're probably going to see what Microsoft does too to remain competitive. But uh, 250 to produce that thing, that is crazy because you're going to have to figure out money for the people that are going to sell it, right? Best yeah. Buy is not going to be giving this thing away for free. You got to pay right. them. You got to mm-hmm. pay to ship these things everywhere. So wh- who knows where the prices are going to land for both PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, but mm-hmm. it's going to be high. Ugh, bro. What are you thinking if you had to guess? I'm thinking, I'm honestly thinking we're going to see anywhere between, well, man, that is like the, 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 if they're going to be selling these things at a loss, it's going to be around 500 bucks. But, you know, I I don't know, man, that that's around 500 bucks is, is my guess. I'm going to say 650, Manny. Did you say six fifty? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I just uh, just from reading all this, I'm talk. gonna say six fifty. I'm gonna say six fifty, and we'll see who's closest. Um, five ninety nine. I don't think is too far fetched. Mm-hmm. But um, there's there's this quote in here from the this article. Uh, Historically, console launch price uh, has proven a delicate topic as evidenced by the PlayStation three introductory price of five ninety nine, which Sony mm-hmm. executive Sean Layden later described as a stark moment of hubris. Oof. Those are big what, words, so, sir. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sean Layden is no longer uh rip. He's no longer with Sony. We know that, mm. but, um, so, so this interview was a bit ago. It was just a pulled quote. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, uh, five ninety nine, crazy because it's a delicate balance. You, on one hand, you want to make money, yeah, right. On the other hand, if you get this into people's houses, you could make money later. So mm-hmm. selling these things at a loss is not far fetched, and it's not uncommon either. It's happened in the past. So mm-hmm. how much of a loss are they willing to deal mm-hmm. with to put up with? You know, on the scale of millions? Yeah. Oof. I don't know. Dude, so here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Sony's going to do their thing, right? Because they really don't have anything, really, but the console that they're going to offer you. And they're yeah. going to be in a pretty crappy situation because they're going to have a console on their hands that's going to be super expensive or very expensive to produce, I should say. Yes. So they'll have to figure out what they're comfortable with charging people for this on the other hand microsoft 
who's already laid the groundwork down for, you know, we've got this service available. We've got that service available. They have a lot of services available, right? They have Game Pass, which everybody loves. They've yeah. got their Xbox Live, right, that they've already packaged into that. They are, they've got this cloud service coming up. They're already yes. conditioning us with like, oh, hey, look, we can bundle it together and you can pay as you go. And there's this pricing plan that you can, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now we, we've got an upgrade uh, uh, plan, right? You can buy a console right now and with the option to upgrade later. Yeah. I'm thinking they're going to put together some sort of like uh, package deal to soften the blow. Maybe, you know, sort of some do some number magic where people start thinking like, yeah, I got to pay. I'm I'm going to throw out an outlandish number just because uh-huh. we don't know anything. Right. Yeah. I'm going to pay seven hundred dollars for this oh, man. for this box. But for that seven hundred dollars, I get X amount of years, we'll say, of Xbox uh, uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Right. Uh, and, yeah. And and it comes with. Uh, the cloud service as well. So for me, I value that at that price point because I'm not just getting a console. I'm getting all of these other services with that. You know Ooh, what I mean? And yeah. I have the option to pay a monthly installments, right? That, you know, I mean, you go buy furniture, that's all they sell to you, right? Yeah. So I bet you that's something like that. That's available on Amazon too. That is like mainstream, their service. To, mm-hmm. to just pay as you go with the with the Xbox and you keep it when you're done paying. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it be, it used to be just in a Microsoft store, but now you can get that on on Amazon. We rent we rent to own everything now, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Andy, what what? Imagine this, dude. What if they kind of turn it around? What if it's like you know what? We're giving you this console for for cost, or we're taking a loss on it if you sign up for three months of our service or whatever. Mm, you know I don't that? know if it'll be three months, but it'll be twelve. It'll be a yeah, something like that. Thirty six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something, <laughs> something along those lines. Oh man! Well, Andy, this next story, goodness, mm. dude. Close the Oof. door on E3. It is done. Jeff Keeley uh, is not. Uh, he's not going to participate. I feel like he, we need to have a, a, a like a moment of like taps for uh, for uh, E3. It uh, seems like, man. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so is this is this a good thing, Andy? That Jeff Keeley is not going to be there, or is Jeff Keeley pulling an Activision and taking his ball and going home? Man, I honestly. I honestly don't know what's going on over there, man. Uh, you know, having seen the videos and, uh, you know, read the story, you know, it seems to be like, dude, what is it? Is it is it uh, E3, you know, who's maybe not playing fair? I know people were, were pretty upset with how things have gone, especially in the last few years, right? They had, you know, some release of information. Was it last year? Last uh, year, thousands of people's information got leaked. Uh, people who attended E3, right. uh, just their personal data leaked bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So who, I don't know, dude. I don't know. But we can, uh, we can read a little bit of this story to get some insight. Oh, let's have it. You ready? From the Hollywood Reporter, a source which we don't often use here, Manny. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeff Keeley. <laughs> The creator and host of the Game Awards will skip this year's E3 convention in Los Angeles. Given that, uh, 
given what has been communicated about E3 so far, this is a quote from Keeley, given what has been communicated about E3 so far, I just don't feel comfortable participating this year, Keeley tells The Hollywood Reporter. Whoa. Keeley has hosted the E3 Coliseum event, a live stream show that welcomes developers and various Hollywood stars on stage near the L.A. Convention Center throughout the run of the convention for the past three years. He declined the offer to produce this year's planned E3 Coliseum. Last month, following the announcement that Sony would skip the annual video game convention for the second year in a row, the Entertainment Software Association, which organizes E3, released a statement about this year's upcoming event. E3 2020 will be an exciting, high-energy show featuring new experiences, partners, exhibitor spaces, activations, and programming that will entertain new and veteran attendees alike. Wow. What do you That's uh, crazy. I know, right? Well, uh, it's it's funny. Jeff Gilly that he has a particular perspective. He doesn't like what E3 is uh kind of doing, the the direction mm-hmm. they're going in. Sony felt the same way, right? They mm-hmm. they they're not participating this year. They skipped last year for some of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. But the specific reasons why, what was the tipping point? We don't know. Like he's yeah. not telling us. Uh, but he basically says something that I uh, found out today, he says, uh, or earlier, uh, has has led him to think he, he should not participate. So, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Now, maybe, maybe I'm crazy, Andy, because I don't mm. care if E3 is this amazing circus Disneyland you participate in, uh, in, in L.A. once a year, and you have to really be there to, to take full advantage of it. I don't care. Like I love seeing the the information that comes out of E3 during that time period. Like even from like EA, I don't care that they're not at E3 proper. I don't care that Microsoft is in their own Microsoft um whatever their their um not stadium but their own convention thingy theater whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that doesn't bother me one bit. It's just a time of year where for whatever reason, everybody wants to talk about their new stuff coming out. And I love it. Like, mm-hmm. it's cool. So the the particular problems that E3 has and the issues that everybody wants to bring up, the, the issues from the people on the inside, I just don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't know, dude. I, mm-hmm. I just don't. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm disconnected, right? Yeah. I just view from the outside. Mm-hmm. So... I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Just keep telling us what's going to come out. Have <laughs> Keanu Reeves go up there and tell us that he's going to be in all of the games. That's all exactly. we want. Yeah. <laughs> very, very breathtaking moment. And, That's uh, right. I can't wait for more. Um, yes. Oh, moving on. Anthem 2.0. Really? Mm-hmm. So, okay. We've we... heard that one before. <laughs> so this story broke last Monday. Mm-hmm. And I think it was then uh, we had recorded already. So this, a lot of people know about this already because because everybody's been talking about it. Right. Well, I haven't heard anybody lately, but still. Right. Nevertheless, Bioware they are working on a complete overhaul and a redeployment of the game Anthem. So, mm-hmm. Andy, this this is pretty interesting. That um, who, who uh, let's see, I am. I'm terrible because I don't have my 
my quotes and stuff ready. So please, uh, please send your hate mail directly to Polygon. Polygon article. To, poly- I think, <laughs> to Polygon. Quoting, yeah, <laughs> quoting uh, some Jason Schreier uh, stuff. So, so basically, what has happened is that they're telling us that they're going to uh, work on Anthem, and mm-hmm. they're going to make it a, a better game. They screwed up the first time by not giving it any kind of testing that was actually needed, and yeah. w- we all know the big problems with anthem we played the game we saw what was initially offered to us and sold to us the vision of anthem was so grand it looked great but what they delivered to us was just not good it just didn't meet the expectation that they had set Mm -hmm. so yeah well and 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 having you know i feel like probably out of everybody i spent the most time (laughs) in that game i think so Uh, I spent a good like hundred hours. I, I've said it before, um, and I, look, the game is a, a disappointment uh, of epic proportions, right? Uh, but there, there, and I've said this uh, in the past. There is something very special in there, right? Uh, yeah, you know, something in, good. buried in this muck, in this mud, yes, is something good, but they yeah. just can't like the the. It feels great to be a flying robot, a flying ninja robot, right? The one that I played, I forget what he was called, the interceptor. Yeah. Uh, but just the loot, the everything else about that game was a complete and utter failure, right? And so. Man, look, my hope, like having, you know, being this far removed from from actually playing the game, my hope is that, honestly, like the best that I could hope for is that somebody out there who knows how to make good games captures the essence of this and says, hey, you know what? We can make this better. Here, let's borrow these ideas and bake it into something that's going to be great, right? Mm-hmm. But hopefully hopefully bioware can figure it out you know and and they can actually do something good who knows but it's been more than a year and uh i don't know i don't know that people will come back to it man unless it's free yeah and that that is the that is the question you know what 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 can they do at this point mm-hmm. from my yeah. perspective not only do i think they failed in their ability to put together an end game that was fun and engaging Mm-hmm. And to put together an entire system to where you have character progression, builds, where you have yeah, unique absolutely. builds. Yeah, exactly. Like right yeah. now, Wilson. And I, I wish that I had time and was better prepared to explain the depth that Wilson is bringing to the RPG genre as far as character builds, their their talent tree. They're, they're, you know, there's 40 skills and 16 modifiers per skill that you can do. And they have these unique items that one item can kind of change your entire build and you could build all around that one item They have this mm. deep tree of, of uh, passive talents that goes out kind of like a web. And it's like, there's these three circles within each other and you can choose one path and then you could spin the wheel on one side to take another path and then spin it again. So it's like, there's all this deep customization. That's what we thought we were getting with Anthem when mm. they told us, Hey, we're being inspired by Diablo, Diablo of all games. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, when 
So it's like, oh, you let us on. Yes. And you didn't actually do anything. These were ideas on a napkin. So yes. it's like, ugh, you know, and, and the other thing that the, the other major problem that I had with Anthem was the world itself. Mm-hmm. There was such depth when you first saw the in-game trailer, quote unquote, where mm-hmm. the javelin jumps off and just goes down and he's just flying down for so many seconds, leading you to believe that this world was very deep and very large. They sold us on the idea that, yes, the, the game world isn't massive, like as far as like, it's not super, super massive, but it's multi-layered to where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, let's say you go to like one square block. So if there's a park there, then it's just a park. But if there's a 10-story building there, then th- the amount of space you can cover in that 10-story building is 10 times as great as the park. That's mm-hmm. what we were led to believe as well, and that never came true. So right. the amount of work that has to be done in my eyes to Anthem to make it a true Anthem 2.0 or an Anthem Next is vast. Yeah. So we did get a blog post by Casey Hudson that detailed a lot of the, some of the issues they had, and it was being pretty generous with, uh, with Bioware itself. Um, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, we, it wasn't like a, a complete admission to what the problems were, but he spoke in terms that made me think that they're just now getting started. Although it's been almost an entire year. Yeah. So, well, like I said, yeah. Uh, look, I'm. <laughs> it's g- good, good for them, good for the game, and good for the population that's, uh, you know, that's still invested in that game. You know, more power to them, man. Uh, but, you know, I mean, yeah. hey, look, if if you, <laughs> this is the state that game is in. If you are missing Christmas. Just boot up Anthem because it's still Christmas in, <laughs> in that game right now. We're about to start March. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, still that's, Christmas. that's definitely an actual yeah. thing. You can log into yeah. Anthem yeah. and there's still so, Christmas lights there up. There you go. Well, there you go. There's, the, mm-hmm. there's Anthem 2.0. I had a neighbor really? <laughs> oh, my goodness, dude. It's crazy. Hey, so, they're Valentine's Day lights now, Manny. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. This one time, Andy, I have to admit, um, Mm -hmm. I was uh, looking for, uh, no, I think it actually was a Valentine's Day where I gave my wife some candies, but I put them in an Easter basket because I just found (laughs) an Easter basket in the house. And she's like, this is an Easter basket. And I'm like, but this is a Valentine's Day gift because there's stuff in it. Um, That didn't go over well. So uh, yeah, Christmas... Christmas yeah. lights for Valentine's Day also not yeah. going over no, too well. Not great. But uh, Anthem, Anthem, Andy, is the result of of having special focus groups and making a game for your investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the better way to do that is by listening to your community and giving them what they asked for, right? And going off yeah. of your passions and what you know to be good and fun. Yes. So this next story, Andy, we have something that may be a bit closer to that. The nice. Division 2, Andy, we are heading back to New York City. Heck yeah. Yay. Give, so, 
Let's get that minigun, flamethrower, slash, all of the things, <laughs> sniper, crossbow. Yes. So, so we got some big news for The Division. The new expansion, The Warlords of New York, is coming March 3rd. So third, yeah. this, is, this is pretty cool. It is big. Year one is done. Year two begins with a new expansion. So mm. a, couple, a couple things to start with. It's a pay expansion. You have to buy it. Mm-hmm. All the year one DLC that they said was free, it was free, and year one is done. Mm-hmm. So this is huge. They fix a lot of issues that people had. But just to say right off the bat, if you were not into the Division 2's combat, if you didn't like the progression, the movement, how, how the game function, the core mechanics... This doesn't change it for you. This is still the division, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were peeved by a lot of the way the in-game systems worked, like, you know, the the whole loot grind and everything, mm-hmm. it's been tweaked. It's been made better. So mm-hmm. this might be something to get excited about. But this is from their blog. It says, The Division 2 Warlords of New York expansion will take you to Lower Manhattan. New York City in the hunt for Aaron Keener and his posse of rogue agents. The expansion was created with three main goals in mind. Number one, expand the narrative of the Division 2. Number two, strive to incorporate community feedback. And number three, to create uh, the creation of a cohesive endgame experience. Andy, those are some really good goals, and I oh, like I like it so far. Yeah, I like what they're not, saying. Not not to mention all of the things that they've already gone in there and tweaked. You know, I I am, uh, I'll be the first to admit that I I just a couple days ago reinstalled the division. Uh, you know, yeah. in the hopes of getting back in there, and uh, I did boot it up uh, and yeah. load it in. And dude, they have changed a ton of stuff on there. You know, like they have focused. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Like gear grind now, mm, right? Yes. So like areas of the map have symbols of all the different, uh, not factions, but um, brand sets. Brands, yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So if you're farming for a specific brand uh, of item, then uh, then you know you know exactly where to go to uh, to try yeah. to get those drops. Uh, I I know that recalibration has been uh, touched. Recalibrated. So, yeah, yeah, yes. Right. Um, <laughs> So and those are things that are in place right now. So yes. on top of all the things that are coming with the um, with the new year two uh, stuff. Yeah. So the, they they are definitely working really hard. So I got to a point in the division where I was just so bogged down with the amount of gear that I had that mm. I just it just felt like ugh like I was just every time I'd get in there. I just felt like I was overwhelmed by junk. I felt like yeah. I was in a junk drawer, Andy. Mm-hmm. It yes, reminded right. me of Destiny 2's like vault system, like mm-hmm. before they had like they they changed stuff and made it a lot easier to deal with items. Mm-hmm. I was just swimming in items like I would log in and the first thing I'd have to do is delete everything in my inventory because I was full and then my 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 uh locker whatever was full. And then I would just be frustrated. That's kind of where I got with the division. Mm-hmm. A lot of those problems are being dealt with. Um, and w- let's go through some of these things, Andy. All right. So 
Let's see. So reading on. So this is from Ubisoft.com. This is from their blog. Warlords of New York will also see a large number of new exotics, named items, and gear uh, and gear be introduced to the game. There is a lot of new content, features, and improvements to talk about before release. And today's article is meant to serve as a high-level overview. So in the time leading up to March 3rd, when this is released, there's going to be a lot of streams, a lot of articles and videos that kind of detail all the new features. So if this is interesting you, if this is piquing your interest, then then uh, check out their content for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first thing here, we're going to go through some of these things in this article is campaign. Shade agents are being sent to lower Manhattan in response to a recent biological attack resulting in the death of numerous civilians and shade agents. Your job will be to hunt down Aaron Keener, who orchestrated the attack and who we believe is planning to launch future attacks. Oh no, your mission is to stop Aaron Keener at all costs. So dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. there's a little flavor for you. Uh, mm. So the, the, the let's, let's talk about some of the, uh, the squeaky wheels here, the mechanics, mm-hmm. the, 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 features the new max level is 40 mm-hmm. and is currently 30 so it's raising right. so what that tells us is that all of our our uh end level gear is going to re- get replaced like all of it so it's yeah. basically going to be a reset right so i like that i like a new start going into a new expansion mm-hmm. uh it's kind of like games like world of warcraft new expansion comes out you leave everything behind and you're just your eyes are on the new horizon, right? You're looking for the mm-hmm. new stuff. So that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, different from games like Black Desert, where your your goal is to just always be working on the stuff you already have and just make it better over a long period of time. Not so with The Division. We're going to new stuff. So uh, Lower Manhattan. So we're going back to New York, Andy, but it's not the same New York that we used to have. Oh, oh, Really? Yeah, this is this is new. Four name zones. It's it's a new area. So now there's a lot of information. They did multiple streams, giving us a lot of info, and then they did this like after stream thing where they answered all kinds of stuff. And so there's a lot of info that is being dumped. Mm. So as far as I know, now please tell me if I'm wrong and we'll correct it. We're not getting the division one in the division two. This is, we're going back to New York, but we're not getting all that map back as far as I'm aware. Right. So that's my understanding as well. Yes. So there's, there's just a lot of new stuff, new secrets, new zones, right? Four, Mm -hmm. four name zones. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Open-ended campaign. This is interesting. Enemies now scale to your level. You could explore lower Manhattan without any level restriction. So, Mm. That's kind of interesting. World of Warcraft kind of has done that in the past. And Mm -hmm. this next expansion coming out at the end of the year, they're going back to the old way. Mm -hmm. So uh, this particular style of of expansion, you basically go anywhere you want. It's more free form, but there's five main missions and eight side missions. All roads kind of lead to the end, Mm -hmm. but you can take it any direction you like. I see. Yeah. Okay. So they all so kind of you're not together. you're not having to go in a specific order, just as yes. you level, regardless of where you go. Right? Because like right now, it would there, 
they're broken up into sections, right? Like sections of the map are for level this through this, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. So this this is a bit more go where you want, do what you want, explore as you will. The enemies will be just as challenging in this section as it is in this other. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 an interesting way to do it. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully it's fun. Uh, let's see here. They are bringing improved boss mechanics to the boss fights. That's good. Unique skill mm-hmm. mod rewards. Okay, very nice. Then they also talked about some of the factions we're going to see. We're going to see the Rikers and the Cleaners yet again, but they're going to be different. Um, so they, they've kind of upgraded the UI. They're going to uh, mm-hmm. be better enemies for us, which I think is pretty good. After a while, dumb enemies get kind of boring. Unless you can kill like a thousand of them in a couple minutes, then you're going to want your AI to be a little smarter. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're doing here. Um, We can jump down a bit because there's a lot of information here. A new cohesive endgame experience. Oh, I so, wonder what that means. Let's let's take a look because this is pretty interesting and this is where we're going to spend the majority of our time because mm-hmm. you only level up once unless you're doing multiple characters. A, ma- a major focus during the development of Warlords of New York was to create a comprehensive, cohesive endgame experience with clear goals after having reached level 40. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a pretty big statement because they want it to be comprehensive. So every aspect of of the end game after level 40, they want it all to kind of work together, cohesive. They want it to be like one, one thing. So it's not going to be a bunch of broken little activities that are, that don't seem to go together, but, but all in all, the entire picture, there's, there's a unifying vision and scope to that is basically your progression at end game, which, which I think is really important. So I'm pretty glad that they kind of just stated that plainly. A number of features will come together to shape this new endgame experience, including seasons, mm-hmm. shade levels, legendary difficulty, and more. Oh. So first Let- up, Annie, seasons. Let's hear it. Seasons. Battle pass. Are- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what? I don't even have to read all this. Seasons are battle pass, basically. Mm. Uh, I, I looked at the screenshots, the pictures they provided, and there's a, actually a dedicated blog post article just to Seasons. So I checked that out mm. as well. It is a battle pass. They have yeah. a pay track and the free track. The pay track, just like any game you think of that has a battle pass, you unlock more stuff. Mm-hmm. And just like any other battle pass, there's this seasonal XP, right? The XP you get to unlock the different tiers of your battle pass. So as far as the specifics, what do you get exactly for your money? Um, and what is free exactly? Not too sure. They have these seasonal manhood targets, reimagined global events, leagues, whatever that mm. means. And I think yeah, they may have discussed it and it may be slipping my mind. So uh, apparel events, season events so it's basically the the same kind of battle pass you would expect um i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i think mm-hmm. it could be really fun and engaging but I, I don't know andy how do you feel about battle pass systems in games these days 
man, it's hard to say, right? Because they, so it really boils down to what we as a community find a fair transaction, right? Like, yeah, they could either do the, you know, the DLC uh, style of yes. sort of, um, you know, content release, which, you know, gets us, you know, they charge us whatever price they feel is fair between 20 and $40, right? Uh-huh. And then for that price, they give us a certain amount of content. The, the problem with that is historically, right, we've had sort of issue, we, I say, in sure. obviously the general terms, some yeah. of us are fine with it. Most, you know, vocal folks don't seem to appreciate how much content you get for that price, right? So the, or, you know, that they run, like, especially people who play it hardcore, right? Someone like you who, you know, has a full day, doesn't really start gaming until later on in the evening. You could get a full, you know, few months out of that amount of content, right? Because you're not grinding it eight hours a day and getting through sure. it in a matter of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so their response to that is to give us more of like the trickle style of content, which says, hey, look, we'll charge you way cheaper, but, you know, you get these tiers and for that price, you get all this stuff. My problem with that is I just don't feel like the rewards are enough right like yeah you know for instance destiny right i've played that game uh i got through their hundred levels of you know tears for their battle pass mm-hmm. i don't know dude i mean it's like i mean i'm getting the same stuff you know it's just I'm stuff not, isn't it you know and and then like the stuff that i yeah and the what the stuff that i would like that i would find useful like they give us so little of that, right? Like the upgrade yeah. materials, the super rare upgrade materials. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't want glimmer. Just give me some more of those, you know. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, exotic orbs, so that I can upgrade mm-hmm. my gear. You know, but they don't. Yeah. They don't give us that. You know, and it's so that's what I mean. Like, I, it just depends on what they give us, man. If they give us, uh you know stuff that's hard to come by but they give us like a, a enough to get us through the season then to me it's like okay well that was worthwhile right i can i was able to upgrade some really cool armor i didn't have to it saved me some grind on some level right yes. and uh, and i feel like i got a lot out of it but it just depends on i think it just really depends on the gamer man yeah i i think there 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 has to be for me personally a battle pass has to hit these three boxes for me it has to uh, it has to feel rewarding, like mm-hmm. the the thing like what you said. The things you get have to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the progress actually going through the levels of the battle pass has to feel generous. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it has to feel like like boy, I spend this amount of time and I feel like I'm really getting back for that mm-hmm. time. They have to set it up that way. And the third thing, and I think is the most important thing to actually progress through it, it has to be fun. Mm-hmm. If it feels like a chore, it's dumb. Like it has yes. to be fun. And that's, mm-hmm. I think the the biggest problem with a lot of battle passes now is that there are so many different tiers because the, the people who are designing them, they're not necessarily the developers. They're people who are sitting in a room saying, how do we keep people engaged? So when you start with that premise 
then you're going to develop something that requires a lot of like check-ins, right? That daily mm-hmm. check-in, that weekly check-in every weekend or every weeknight or whatever. You have to yeah. constantly be, uh, you know, punching that clock to get yes. the most out of this battle pass. Mm-hmm. That's not fun for me. That mm-hmm. is dumb for me. You know, <laughs> like, right. yeah, right. That, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it all comes down to who's actually designing this thing. What is their goal and what am I going to get out of it? And if it's just to keep me engaged, no thanks. Yeah, but right. so, so I'm not, I'm not saying what this is going to be, um, just the fact that it, it will be, and I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the next thing, Andy is in my mind, really a little crazy for me. Shade levels. The new infinite progression system replaces the field proficiency cash system for all players who have reached level 40. Shade levels allow you to invest points into one of four distinct core uh, attribute categories upon reaching your next shade level, as well as a scavenging category granting you credits and crafting materials. Now, uh, before I read the next sentence, which is most important, when I first heard this, I thought, no, please, no, please, please, no, this is awful. I'll never play the division. <laughs> the reason why is because my absolute most hated thing in Diablo 3 is the Paragon system. Yeah, I absolutely hate the infinite progression because it is a, it is a, it is a dead end road that you can never reach the end of right. no matter how many days you play because you get to a point where it's like, okay, I want to accomplish this. This is my season goal in Diablo. I want to get to this riff number, this and that. But to do that, you don't just need the gear. You also need 1200 Paragon. You yeah. also need 1800. You need 3000 Paragon Ugh. to hit this level. Yeah. No. I don't yeah, right. want that. It is awful and I hate it. And if it's in Diablo yes. 4, I'm going to have a big problem. <laughs> but so so when I saw this in the division, I know other games are trying it too. Th- this is a hated system in, in Diablo by yeah. people who play the game a lot. People who don't right. play who are like, oh, I'm 300 Paragon. That's cool. That's great. And it is satisfying the first time around. And when you're you know climbing up there, it is good. There is a good yeah. fun thing, but... It never ends, especially when you have your sights set pretty high. It makes it really tough. Now, yeah. then, then we have this this one sentence that totally relieved me. The core uh, attribute categories upgrades. The core attribute categories upgrades are finite. So once maxed out, the shade level points can be spent into the fifth scavenging uh, categories, yielding credits and crafting materials. There's a hard cap, Andy, to how much of those uh, stats you can get, which is so good. Right. I mean, that's the right way to do it. I'm I'm just, I, I feel so proud right now of Massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, this, instead of this just, is good. Instead of infinitely making you more and more powerful... Right. It, it's yes. uh, who, who was that? Vi- what was that video that you sent us out about? 
uh, this this dude was breaking down Diablo three specifically, but he was talking about loot games in general, right? How uh-huh. progression systems, and he was comparing them, and he he specifically talked about this one, how it just felt like you were a hamster on a hamster wheel, just constantly mm. chasing more Paragon to get higher, you know, GR riffs to yeah. get more Paragon, to, you know what I mean? It's just a <laughs> exactly. never ending sort of. You're, there's no end to it, right? Yeah, um, it's it's bad, lazy design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really like that video, man. You should, you should, if you can find it again, post it again, man. Because I, yeah, I thought I, it was such a, uh, a, a good, you know, uh, philosophical, articulate breakdown. Yes. Of, yeah. You know, I'll some have of our to favorite figure games. Out what that is. Yeah. Yeah, but you, this having having like like a just um, you could only have earned so many points into your power, and then you're done. Right. That is fantastic because sure. nobody's going to care how much materials and credits you get by playing with them. Mm-hmm. But everyone's going to care about how powerful you are. Right. You know, unless unless you do stuff like what we do in the Gaming Adventure Club. We like playing with people and helping people regardless of their skill set or regardless of how much gear they have. You know, mm-hmm. we enjoy playing with people. Um, yeah. but when you're playing competitively or with a specific PVE challenge in mind, then people are going to look at you and they're going to say, how much power do you have? And have you, uh, you know, how much, you know, in that, you know, context, how much Paragon do you have? Right. Mm-hmm. But if there's, if there's a, a cap that is achievable each, each, I don't know if this is each season or if this is just for the whole expansion, I'm not sure. Um, but it's actually for the season, right? Cause that's the section where we're in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if it's, if it's achievable, great. If it's fun to get there, fantastic. If, it, if it's a chore, then why? Yeah. Right. So yeah. man, Andy, I've, I've been talking a lot and I'm sorry. No, it's okay, man. But- I love it when, cause you, you <laughs> listen, I ramble. Uh, aimlessly uh-huh. and then you say things like uh <laughs> season passes have to hit three check boxes you know you're so much more organized <laughs> and i'm just kind of like all over the place <laughs> oh man well um i've 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 obviously thought way too much about these topics here mm-hmm. but uh moving on andy uh legendary difficulty they're gonna let mm-hmm. you pump up the difficulty of your particular world which is great right um there's a lot of stuff. There's too much. And then they also in the post got into title update eight and it's going to be free. And they just talked about an, a huge number of improvements that make me happy. And specifically the whole um, uh, recalibration changes were yeah. extracting item talents and attributes and storing them permanently in your recalibration library. Mm-hmm. This is huge because this relieves me of having to store tons of items just because of right. their potential usefulness eventually. Yeah, which just this, made this me feel like a pack that rat. it has on it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. So th- that's amazing. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's a great change that I'm happy about. Absolutely. Lots of other changes, but Andy, we've been talking for a long time, buddy. We have. We have. Look, Cliff Notes here, Division Two. Uh, uh, title update eight and uh, uh, fancy pants in New York uh-huh. <laughs> e- it seem really awesome. So give it a whirl again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There you go. So thanks everybody for hanging out with us today. 
Uh, thank you for all of our Patreons. We appreciate everyone who goes over to gimmeadventureclub.com slash supports for kicking us a buck a month, three bucks a month, whatever you want. Thank you so much. And if you can't afford that or you don't want to do that, it's fine. We're here for you. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who's went over to iTunes and left us a review. We really appreciate it. And if you like the show, if you like the show, then please share the show. And, uh, and also come join us. Come join us on Discord, gamingadventureclub.com slash Discord. We would love to uh, hang out and be friends. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Hey, and look, it's a good doorway to meet new folks. But not only that, uh, good doorway to get into all these cool other podcasts that, you know, we have a lot of podcast friends who do a lot of podcasts about different stuff than we do. And yes. It's, uh, it's a great way to meet different people. Yes, absolutely. So come on over. So until next time, my friends, have an adventurous week and take care of each other. <laughs>